Hello and welcome to Front and Nationwide. This is the Athletics Dedicated Blue Jackets podcast. Aaron Portson with you here in Chile, but bright Calgary. Allison is here, back holding the fort in Columbus. Hello. It's rainy and gray, but a little bit warmer, so we'll take it. No doubt. It's finally March. Allison held down the fort very well the last week or so. Lots going on in Blue Jackets land. Uh, we'll get to uh, some some news and some topical things, but Allison, oh my God, <laughs> the win against the Canucks on Sunday. You were there. I was not. I was watching from a courtyard in the Dominican Republic uh, on my phone intermittently. Oh my God, what a game. <laughs> I cannot tell you. I was at the gym this morning. And one of the one of the coaches said, "Hey, I was at the game." I said, "Oh, it was a good one." He said, "I left after the second period." <laughs> said, they were down three one. Uh-huh. I, I I don't even know. I mean, you've seen seen what I'm doing as I'm taking clips as things happen. That final eight minutes was just insane. And, and let's be very clear: up and until that eight minutes. That Blue Jackets team did not play in a way that deserved to win that game. But they pull it off. First, Riley Nash with an elite shot, of course, right? Sneaks sneaks the puck in. Then Zach Wierenski with a power play goal, of course. Again, like we're talking improbable on top of improbable. Then we get Emil Bemstrom with a, wait for it, second power play goal to win the game. And what's crazy is, up until that point, I had this one ready to go and had to remove it. That would have been the first game this season that the Blue Jackets didn't have a power play. And then they get two in the final eight minutes, and that's what allows them to win the game. And, of course, they score on both of them. As they do. They're so prolific on the power play. Exactly. I mean, it's crazy. Uh, just when you think you, you can write something down in pen, though, like that, it changes on you. That Allison has the potential to be. Whew. I mean, you look at the. And we'll get into their schedule later. They start a three-game road trip out west: uh, Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver on Wednesday. That win, they absolutely had to have that win. Yeah. Because the rest of this is treacherous. That that and that feels too like from afar. You were in the in the dressing room telling me what the move was. That feels like the kind of win. And, that can bring buoyancy to a group's confidence, a little bounce to the step. It, it can have ramifications, very positive ramifications for a while. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that the one thing you don't want them to think is that the way they're playing is okay right now, that that needs to improve. But I think, you know, when we talk about, we go back to the beginning of the season and this team – playing the right way and not getting rewarded for their efforts. This was the kind of win that can remind them that they can win and how freaking good it feels. I mean, Ryan Murray, who is usually one of the most composed kind of neutral guys when he speaks to the media was grinning the whole time, like, like giddy, like a little kid, just happy to be back playing and skating. These were the things he was talking about, which is not, Unfortunately, poor Ryan Murray has had to be in this situation a lot, and usually he's really 
neutral about, well, you know, I'm back. I've, I'm, I'm always injured. You know, I'm, I'm kind of sick of talking about this. He embraced it. I mean, he was in the moment. It was, it, it, I mean, this could, this could be a one-off, but yeah, it was definitely a special win for those guys in there too. And if, if they can bottle that, um, it, it, they could keep things interesting. Yeah. Well, you mentioned Ryan Murray coming back. Corpusella has come back. Uh, Wenberg has come back. They've, they're starting to get some guys, <clears throat> excuse me, back into the lineup now. Uh, so that can only be good news. Cam Atkinson not on the trip. Elvis Merzlikin is on the trip. Uh, so perhaps the, the uh, goaltender comes back at some point on this trip. He has what we believe to be a mild concussion, whatever that is. Let's just say concussion. Um, but injury news yesterday from the Blue Jackets. Uh, sort of this one's sort of feels like it's been brewing for a long time. Uh, Josh Anderson on Monday had season-ending shoulder surgery, that's not easy to say, uh, to repair a posterior labral tear on the right, on the left side, sorry, I'll get that right initially, or eventually. <laughs> left side. He is obviously done for the rest of the season. Uh, clearly something was wrong in that shoulder. You don't just go have shoulder surgery on a whim, he tried to rehab it, tried to get back, skated and skated and skated while he waited for the, the shoulder to repair, and it did not. So he has the surgery, four to six week recovery. Um, month. Kind four, of, four to six month. Four to six month recovery, sorry. Sort of a, a tough pill to swallow, but it feels like this one's been brewing for a while, Alex. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it, Josh Anderson, I think takes his his body and his physical preparedness very seriously and I think when we when we saw him just continuing to go out and skate just with Jared Bowl day after day after day um, this was not you had to fear that this was not going to be something that could be rehabbed um, and, and you know this is an organization that's seen this happen with Zach Wierenski. I'm not saying it's the same injury but in terms of a significant shoulder injury being repaired and then the player returning um, if, if this is what Josh Anderson needs to do to get healthy, I think it's what Josh Anderson should do. I mean, a, a shoulder is, is nothing to toy with, particularly for a guy who plays the way that he does. Yeah. Now, the, the recovery time period is interesting. Four yeah. months is the short term, which would put him in early July. Long term, six months would put him in early September. By early July, the Blue Jackets will have needed to qualify Josh Anderson. He's a restricted free agent for one more year. And he would, at that point, decide to accept his qualifying offer or say, nope, I want to go to arbitration. He has arbitration rights as well. There's still time, theoretically, that the Blue Jackets and Anderson could work on a long-term contract extension or even a two- or three-year contract extension that would go a couple of years into Josh Anderson's UFA years. It's unclear uh, if something like that would be in the in the works, uh, but there is much speculation, not just in Columbus, but around the league, that Anderson is gone from Columbus as soon as he can be. And with that in mind, the Blue Jackets are likely to pursue a trade. So the question I think that arises with yesterday's news of the surgery is what does this now do to his trade value? Obviously, doctors will be involved in the trade process if there is one. 
uh, to give him a clear bill of health, to say the shoulder is progressing fine, to say there's no reason he can't be the player he's always been, yada, yada, yada. Uh, but this, this, in terms of them moving him, it doesn't help his trade value, Allison. Uh, there's no way it helps him. I don't know how badly it hurts him. We'll to see how his recovery goes. Uh, but that's something to think about as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I remain in the sign Josh Anderson camp as long as he wants to be here. Um, it's 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 frustrating to think that it gets to the point that the player gets moved because I think he's he's shown that that he can be an impactful player and he's someone that should be retained. But if the if there is no path forward, then that that it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, so I, I I think it's a story to keep an eye on at the draft. I think it's a I think that's what a lot of people have been expecting anyways. I think the Blue Jackets would probably if they get a sense that this is headed to arbitration, if they get a sense that the player is unwilling to talk realistically about what a long term contract would look like in their opinion, and that's really where the struggle is going to be. What is a fair offer at this point? then I think this is something they may want to remedy in their own way, trade, before they even deal with with him accepting the qualifying offer, him going to arbitration, yada, yada, yada. Maybe you trade him before the quali- qualifying offers are even due. But to, some, to those who have said, well, I wouldn't give him a qualifying offer, well, then you just lose the player. So you can't do that. Right. That's a, that's a non-starter. Right, right. You're, you're going to qualify because he is, he is a player – of considerable value. Uh, but let's just revisit this for a moment if we can, Allison. This team lost Panarin, Duchesne, Zingle, who had some potential. It essentially lost Josh Anderson to this year, one goal. It has lost Cam Atkinson, who is going to, won't even come, who's barely a one fourth of his goal output from last year. It's insane that this team is still even talking about a wild card position. They're in one. It's amazing that they're even in this argument, isn't it? I, yeah. I mean, I I keep I understand the frustration with the recent string of play and and not getting as many wins, but it, I think I said this the last we recorded that. If you had told anyone who pays attention to this club that they would be in, in a wild card spot at this point in the year, they would have been thrilled. And then yeah. if you had told them who would be gone from the lineup, they would have called you a liar. Yeah. There is, if this team doesn't make the playoffs, it will for sure be a disappointment because, of course, that's what everyone involved wants to see happen. But what this group has done this year, this may be one of their most impressive seasons, given what happened and given how they've responded. Yeah, it's really quite something. I know they don't want to talk big picture stories right, right now because they're still in it, but it's, it's gonna, I think we'll look back on the season with a, a sense of awe, really, that, that things were able to hold together as long as they were. And the playoffs are still very much a possibility. Uh, they go forth without Josh Anderson. As we mentioned earlier, maybe Elvis Merzlikens can return at some point on this trip. Cam Atkinson is back home. 
he could, in theory, join this team on the chip. Um, but yeah, they are still without significant numbers of players. And Oliver Bjorkstrand, at some point soon, is going to have to decide himself if he wants to let his ankle heal on its own. Mm-hmm. Or if he wants to have surgery. We had a story last week about Seth Jones. Yep. Uh, who opted to have the surgery because he was right at that tipping point where he may be able to come back and play if they make the playoffs. Uh, Bjorkstrand's injury, I think, happened a week later. Um, so that tipping point's a little bit different for him. The fact that, to my knowledge, he's not had surgery yet may indicate that he is going to rehab it and let it heal on its own. Um, rule of thumb, you don't have surgery unless you want to have surgery. Right. Unless you need to have surgery, I should say. So, um, Blue Jackets are, are going to have an interesting trip here, um, Allison. They play Wednesday in here in Calgary, and then they stay in Calgary. They're taking an off day in Calgary on Thursday. No one's in a hurry to get to Edmonton. That's, <laughs> that's not me saying it about myself. I love Edmonton, and I love the people there. Um, but teams tend to go elsewhere if they can. Uh, on Friday, they're going to practice in Banff. Uh, which would be awesome skate on Lake Louise um, but uh, uh, at the Banff Recreation Center they're going to skate there and then Friday evening they're going to fly to Edmonton uh, for the game Saturday and then only th- this is the worst kind of western Canadian road trip because there's basically 18 hours in Vancouver right <sighs> um, so and then they're home but let's take a look at this if we if we can Allison this they have 15 games remaining 15. Nice round number. This is a challenging stretch to be sure. I'm looking at this quickly. I see one team at New Jersey Monday, March 23rd. That's not either in a playoff spot or fighting to the death for a playoff spot. Am I looking at that correctly? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a tough lineup the the flip of side of this coin is that compared to this just crazy insane pace that the jackets just finished they get more time between games yes um so there's a pace argument that might help with the quality argument but the quality is definitely there um and I mean, our Dom Lushishan wrote on this today. It's a great piece. Um, people should check it out. But it, it's, I think he says it's the toughest schedule remaining um, by his measures uh, through the balance of the season is, the, is what the Blue Jackets will face. Yeah, it's a murderous stretch. So they start here, Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver. They have five home games left for their 15 games remaining. That's crazy. But the home games are against Pittsburgh, Nashville, Washington, the Islanders, and Tampa Bay. I mean, there's no breathing in there. Uh, maybe Nashville, but Nashville is a desperate team. Desperate team. Yep. Um, yeah, I just uh, this is this team. If this team survives the stretch and makes this playoffs, it's going to be uh, it's un, it's unreal considering all that they've been through. Um, it, what's the bigger hurdle? to you, Allison, is it the fact that all of these teams still have so much to play for, or is it the fact that so many of these games are away from nationwide arenas? The, the, the desperation level 
of road games in the last month of the season. Yeah, you know, honestly, for me, the road game thing doesn't bother me. Um, historically, this is not a Blue Jackets club that maintains home ice advantage super well. Right. Um, I think this is a group that can often galvanize on the road. In fact, it's something John Tortorella mentioned as being a benefit of this Western Canada trip. Um, this is the trip, and I'm not saying it's going to be the same impact as last year, but this is the trip last year where it was kind of the final come to Jesus with Bobrovsky and Panarin. Right. The, the group wins in Vancouver and then just goes on a tear to get into the postseason. So th- this this is a group that does well away from home. They come together they can make the most out of being together in terms of making sure things are above board and everyone's on the same page. That part doesn't concern me at all, to be honest. Um, it is, in fact, the quality of opponent that's going to be the harder part. Yeah, wow. Um, road game in Calgary, at Edmonton, at Vancouver. You mentioned it. Last year, they had... They lost. It. I don't. I'm not. I can't remember. It was Calgary, Edmonton, first or Edmonton, Calgary. But they had two days off between those two games and the Vancouver game. And that's when. That's when the come to Jesus stuff happened. Um, but the harder, the hardest thing about this trip for me is that Saturday game, Edmonton. Yeah. Because no one has quite kicked their ass these last few years quite like Edmonton has. Yeah. It's it's remarkable. Uh, I missed one of the games last year. Um, against Edmonton, but they Edmonton has of course great firepower, but they just mop the floor with this Columbus team, and what a huge boost that would be if they could get back on top of that team. Yeah. Why do you think Edmonton kills them as much as they do? You know, it's strange because it's never it's never the usual suspects, right? You right. know, and and last year the game in Columbus, it was one of those dreaded. 1 p.m. matinees, so that was the the storyline yeah. last year. But it it was the game in Edmonton last year where everyone was kind of like, "Why aren't you guys fired up to to avenge this?" Right. Um, I don't know. Maybe it is in fact that the team is over. You know, Torts doesn't like to overload his guys with information. Do they get too overloaded with the fact of who they're going to be playing against? I I don't know. Um, but honestly, at this point, I mean, this is a different Edmonton team this year. I mean, they hung eight on Nashville yesterday. Five and a third. It's insane. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what it is because it's, it's not the stereotypical story you'd pull of why an Edmonton keeps beating a team. But why, why did Nashville beat Columbus all those years, too? That, wasn't, that one didn't always make sense either. I don't know. They, they, need, they need to figure out how to crack that nut, though. Oh, I mean, they can't, they can't get on top of it. I mean, it's been, I'd have to look at the head-to-head, but it's been, there have been some ugly losses. Oh, yeah. Truly ugly. Um, what stretch worries you the most, Allison? I guess every game, at this time of year, every game is the everything. But the, these three games, this, this Western Canada trip, which is never easy, for that behemoth, one, two, three, four, five-game roadie, and a weird one at that, in late March, Toronto, these are all on the road, obviously. Yep. That's the definition of a roadie. <laughs> Toronto, New Jersey, New York Rangers, Tampa Bay, Dallas. Are those my only choices? Uh, well, I mean, you can take home games, I, I guess. But I think those, 
Is that five worse than these next three? Um, hmm. I, I would say yes, because they're all Eastern. And Here's what I can't get past, though. And when I look at this, that, that second stretch, that five-game stretch, isn't going to matter if they can't get through the stretch no. between these two, which is Pittsburgh, right. forget where, Pittsburgh, Nashville, Boston, Washington, and then the start of that trip, Toronto. Yeah. Because that that stretch is not just tough opponents. There's big metro points there. Yeah. And if they can't get through that stretch, the five-game roadie isn't going to matter one bit. So right. um, I, I, I respectfully choose option C <laughs> and, and go with that stretch. What I find just in, incredible is if you told me on February 7th after they beat Detroit, that this team was going to win two of its next 12 games. Yeah, yeah. You'd go, season. Yep. It's true. It's true. And they're still in a playoff spot. Like, you can't go two, five, and five. You can't. I mean, Dan, you shouldn't be able to go two, five, and five in late February and early March and still be in a playoff spot. So, in some sense, they're... They are it, it, for before that game the other night against Vancouver Allison, it felt like they were holding on they were hanging on to a cliff. And the rest of the teams were on standing on top of the cliff, stomping on their fingers one by one, and they were just slowly losing their grip on. Agree. On yep. And then a win like that happens and you go, Wow, where how far can that take you? Yep. And how far can it lift you? Can it carry you through Western Canada? We shall see. We shall see. I mean and it, but here I mean that stretch was brutal, but they did pick up some loser points. Those are in there. And and we do this all the time. I mean, this happened in the the 16 straight win season is that you see the team. For, for as many sustained wins as they had before this, that clump of wins is going to result likely in a clump of losses at some point. This is just how these things work. Right. Um, and I think what's interesting, and I noted this in, in, in my piece today, to your point, Columbus hasn't been – tearing up the house, but their Metro point opponents are helping them out. And Florida, what happened to Florida? Right. I mean, Florida happened to Florida. (laughs) Brutal. Well, they did. And then like, I, that's the one. If I'm a Panthers fan and and my team in the throes of the playoffs says, let's trade Vincent Trocek. I know. What are we doing? I know. What are you doing? Like if you have to trade him, trade in the off season, why take away from this now? Right. I just, (laughs) At this, point, the, at, at this point, the amount of salary is, is ele- it, like, it's irrelevant to the conversation that you got yeah. rid of. Right. But the, the competition around them isn't really carpe DMing it up either. So, right. um, that, and that is why that middle stretch is more important to me, is because this is when we, we, ha- we know for sure that there will be some separation because there's some four-point games. Yeah, and I always think it's fascinating. Things are happening, and things are in sort of the national stages of happening that you don't recognize yet. Um, and I go back to what I, what's interesting to me. They lost to Pittsburgh on December 12th, one nothing in overtime against that Penguins team that was just gutted. Yep. And that was the game where Tortorella said they've embarrassed our organization, embarrassing this, embarrassing that. We should be embarrassed. They lost the next two days later in in Ottawa. Yep. Also in overtime. And now they're at 12, 14, and 6. And like, 
man, this is going to be a long. Yes. But those those were sort of at the start of an unbelievable 19-2 and five run. Yep. Like so, at the loss at Pittsburgh and the loss at Ottawa, you didn't then recognize, wow, so has begun a great 26 game stretch. <laughs> Right? <laughs> totally. But it, but it was. Totally. And, and then you go forward a month or so, and they lose a hell of a game to Colorado. Yeah. Joe got hurt. Yep. They played their asses off against Tampa Bay and lost 2-1 to one in overtime. And there you're going, you know what? The performance is still there. You can live with the way that this team is playing. Yep. Without recognizing that that was the beginning of a stretch before Sunday where they were going to win one game out of 11. Right. Like it's so weird how things, you know, coaches always say that you're, when you have a winning streak, your play starts to slide. Right. Or you start to incur the losses. And your play starts to really improve, and you deserve to win a couple of games before the, the wins start to come in waves. Or, and I wonder if you feel right now, Allison, with the win Sunday, if this is at the beginning of something or if this is the continuation of, of other things. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I listen. This team has shown that I have no idea what they're going to do all year long. <laughs> but, awesome. but um, you know, it, it, with the way this club continues to rebound, this is what I will say because they are obviously still hurting um, with the losses in terms of talent, and the the losses are hard to overcome. But Fair. I will, yeah, I will say this that I think that this team is going to return to the style of play that they need to be playing at. Because I think that, you know, you go through that whole scenario you just described and who's to say, no one has said this, this is me just guessing, but does the team feel the way that you were explaining? Why are we mired in this ridiculous losing streak? Oh, everything's slipping away. That, that Vancouver win is a shot in the arm to say, no, no, still in it. Yeah. And and you can and you can get some wins. You're not you're not doomed. Um, and so I think that for that reason, I think that we're going to see this team hopefully re-energized, um, and we'll see if they can take that energy with the talent that they do have and and put together some wins. That's where again that quality of opponent comes into play for me. So since let me get this date correct, since Fe- February eighth. Beginning with the loss against Colorado at home, great game. Blue Jackets are two five and five nine points. In that same span, here are some of the teams that you care most about them around them and in the Metro. Pittsburgh four six and one yep nine points. Washington four six and one nine points. Florida Panthers four eight and one brutal nine points. Islanders four six and two. 10 points. Carolina, 4-4-2, 10 points. I mean, we could go on here, but you see no one has the team that's taken off is Philadelphia, 9-2-0. Right. 18 points. The Rangers, 9-3 now. They get sort of back into it. Um, but you know, the Devils have played well, but the teams are, the teams around them that they would that you would worry about have just sort of plateaued as well. And at some point, there's going to be some takeoff there from one or two of those teams. Uh, but the Blue Jackets are still very much in this. Yeah, and I think that, you know, the one – there was a there was a hot minute there where there was, you know, guessing that the Rangers were going to pass the Blue Jackets. But I think that, you know, they're down a goaltender now. 
uh, they lose Kreider to a broken foot. I think that, and and that's going to be a very good club. Don't don't get me wrong. I am not dissing that what that organization is trying to do here with their young players. But I think that to in today's world, this roster can't overcome where they are now to 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 really push. Now watch me be wrong about that too. But I think New York is kind of now back out of it after they made kind of a, a they had a little bit of a scare for the teams in front of them. Yeah, the tricky thing is that the Blue Jackets have played more games than just about everybody. Well, exactly. Exactly. But, so, but as we just went through, yeah. and listen, the, just because they've played more doesn't mean every other team is going to win those other three games. So yeah. you never know. You just well, Absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> if this season has taught us anything, it's taught us that we know nothing. <laughs> yeah. I think we get reminded of that every year, don't we? We do. But this, if you could predict it, it would be any fun. But this is this is this is particularly abnormal in in a in a tremendously enjoyable way. But no one saw this coming. I mean, I think it's stupid. The Blue Jackets are two points behind Pittsburgh. I know. Two points. Now they played three more games, so right. there's that. But the Penguins have lost six in a row. Right. I mean, with Sidney Crosby, with Sidney Crosby I've, and I've Evgeny heard. Malkin. Yeah, I know. Now, they've had their own incredible wave of injuries. Tremendous, and, yes. Yeah, and in fact, the, their injuries and the way that they played while injured is really what helped spark the Blue Jackets earlier this season. Right. That was an example to them that they quickly followed after that loss in Pittsburgh. Right. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, it, it's like it's there's a whole bunch of, like, okay teams this year. Mm-hmm. And even Washington has sort of hit a patch here. Yep. But, but but these are the this is what this is part of why too and Torts always talks about this we're kind of coming out now of the dog days when it's just so hard yeah. to, to the, I mean we were you and I were laughing I was talking to a player around the trade deadline I'm not going to say who and the player wasn't even aware what day it is or when the trade deadline was and and look I have the same issue <laughs> plenty of days but yeah. but we're coming out of a stretch of time here that's just a grind um right for everyone involved. And this is where, this is where you see what teams are made of. And I won't expose the player either, but there was a great moment. Oh, 10 years ago. Oh, <laughs> we're coming off the ice after morning skate. And there's a bunch of media. There. There's a big game coming up. And first guy off the ice sits down and the whole crowd gets around him and starts firing questions about, Oh, wow. What do you think of tomorrow night's game? That's going to be a huge challenge. How do you guys get ready? Blah, 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 blah. Gordon. Court breaks up, walks away, and the player says, Who are you playing? <laughs> wow. Like, these guys are in a blessedly, wonderfully so sometimes in a vacuum. But listen, so, I have been there. I It happens to me. I don't know what day it is. I have to, like, manage the schedule at a week at a time. Like, I get it. I mean, I, I have zero judgment because it has happened to me. <laughs> Me, me three days ago. It's March. It's March. Really? Exactly. And there was even an extra day in February. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, anything else to add, Allison? Uh, I think we're good. Just a, a teaser that um, Ohio State women won their first round of, of their conference playoffs last weekend. It was pretty exciting. They're off to the conference championships. That's four teams go, and one will come out victorious this weekend. And then hope to have an NCAA berth. So, so 
we're really starting to see some sustained success with that program for the first time in a long time. It's it's very exciting. Nice. And the men's team had a big day. Was it uh, my days are confused? Sunday with a ton of seniors playing the last game. Saturday. Yep. They Saturday. Saturday. They unfortunately did not get the wins that they needed. It was another crazy situation where the Buckeyes could have had at least a share of the Big Ten title um, if they'd taken away four points. Point, uh, wins are worth three points in, in yeah. conference play. So um, they did not do that. So they begin Big Ten tournament play this weekend. That's at home. Um, potentially a three-game series. It's best two of three. They're going to be playing Wisconsin, the team they just lost to this last weekend. So um, local hockey happening, good local hobby, hockey. There's going to be a lot riding on this. These two teams do not like each other. So that is definitely something for folks to check out. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks for listening to us. Good to be back. We will talk to you Friday from Calgary, probably still. And look forward to that. Front Nationwide, thanks for listening, folks. Spread the word. We will talk to you all again soon. Thank you.